0: Father, well, God, we are so, so grateful for this amazing gift of salvation, which you have poured out on us. And we know that it is not just a one-off thing, but it is something that happens. We're saved, we're transferred in, from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. And then we continue to go on being saved as we grow to be increasingly like you, Jesus. We thank you that this weekend is part of that transformation. And so as we come uh, and gather again, would you pour out your spirit on us? Would you open our hearts as we hear about freedom, as we hear uh, for, about all the riches that you have for us? And uh, would you truly be glorified in this, uh, as Rob speaks to us again this morning, in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Okay, well, welcome back.
0: So we want to equip the church to do what disciples do. Preach the gospel, heal the sick, and set people free. And I'm convinced that every believer should know how to do these things. Because if if we don't, If we don't know, how can we complete our mission? So this session is about freedom and knowing the freedom that Christ has for us. It's about living increasingly in freedom and helping others to come into that place of freedom. Because it's not just people that come from difficult backgrounds that need freedom. It isn't. Everybody, everybody needs more freedom. Everybody who gets saved needs more freedom. There is more freedom for everybody. And the reason is, is that from the moment that we're born, we're assailed by the symptoms of the world's bondage. Fear, depression, anger, sadness, murder, you name it, it's out there. And it assails our spirits and our hearts. And these things condition us. And they become an expectation for us. Well, that's the way it is. That's how the world is. And we're so used to sin, actually, <laughs> that, that we become a bit inoculated to it and all the damage that it does. We kind of think, well, that's just the way things is. And that is so opposite to what Jesus came to do because Jesus came to set you free. He came to free us from all the things that have held you prisoner. He's come to release us into an opposite life of joy and love and peace. A life that's from another kingdom in which we experience God's presence and power. And that's what the gospel is all about. And so I'm just going to start this session today with just making a whole lot of different statements about freedom. And here's the first one, that freedom is at the heart of of Jesus' life and ministry. I mean, think about how he started his ministry. He started by quoting Isaiah, saying, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he's anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to release the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. That's jubilee. To proclaim jubilee. And then he goes on to say, Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. His whole life and ministry was about freedom. Jesus' teaching was all about freedom. He says, you will know the truth. If you listen to Jesus, you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And he goes on to say, and if the Son sets you free, you'll be free indeed. And then Paul tells us the purpose of this freedom. He says, it's for freedom that you've been set free. (laughs) Freedom, that's the reason we're set free, for freedom. There's no other way of putting it. Freedom is a tangible, experiential experience that's communicable, and that we can give away to others. Freedom isn't just about demons. You know, I find that whenever we start talking about freedom, people start to get a little bit, ooh, it's all a bit spooky and a bit weird. Um, but this is so peripheral to freedom, and. I, I'm just going to say this bold and audacious thing. I think demons are no more significant than swatting the flies away from a feast that's on the table. Seriously. And what's the feast that's on the table? It's about being reconciled to our Father. That's the next one. Freedom is about being reconciled to our Father. It's about being restored to all the benefits of an intimate relationship with God that man had before the fall. He loves us. The Father, he loves us and he doesn't want us to live heavy with guilt and shame and fear. He wants us to be free. He wants us to be comfortable in our own skin and love what God loves. And what does God love? He loves you.
1: He loves us.
0: And be everything that he's called us to be and do what he's told us to do. That's what freedom's about. And because of this, God's free people are uniquely qualified to act as the ambassadors of heaven to bring freedom to a fatherless world. I thought that was a good point.
1: Freedom is a demonstration of love. John says, perfect
0: love is what sets us free. It displaces fear, which involves torment. That's what 1 John 4, 18 says. And sometimes that's all that people need to know to set them free. They just need to know that they're loved. They need an encounter with love. So do you know that you're loved? Even in knowing that love, it's enough to set you free this morning. To know I'm loved. I'm loved with an everlasting love that's completely unconditional it's not based on performance. That sets you free. And that's spiritual warfare right there. Knowing the Father's love and being able to give that love to other people. Jesus never set people free to frighten them in some public display of power. Neither did he bring freedom to shame or embarrass us. You know, often we see in the Gospels, like the epileptic boy, he he gives this boy freedom before the crowd even gets there. And with the lepers, it's quietly on the edge of town. The woman who touches him, in the crowd, quietly, just heals her and sets her free. And then turns around and said, who touched me? <laughs> but many times, people have been set free in our meetings and you'd hardly know that it's happening. Week after week, we pray for people and they're set free. And you hardly know what's going on.
1: It's so easy. I've known people set free with a look. I've known people set free with a touch. I've known people set free in a dream, and they're asleep, even in your sleep. (laughs) Some of you need an anaesthetic for God to operate
0: on your heart and to bring freedom to you. He can do that. Uh, So I don't want you to think when I'm talking about freedom, it's all going to suddenly get spooky and scary and, and all the rest, because God is amazing. He knows just what you need and when you
1: need it. Love is the motivation for freedom. And that's what's going to motivate us too. John writes, Revelation five, to him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood. We give honour and praise to him who loves us. So do you love God? That's the question for today. Are you saved? Do you love God? Do you love people? Oh,
0: (laughs) When you love people and you're motivated by love, you already have what you need to set people free. Because perfect love, unconditional love, is what brings freedom. But freedom has got to start with you and me. (laughs) Because the more freedom we know personally, the more freedom we can give away. And a lot of people need freedom. As the saying goes, free people, free people. Hurt people, hurt people. Deal with your stuff so you can help other people and bring freedom and healing to them. I can only give what I've already got. That's the reality. So let me ask you, what have you got? What of your freedom can you give away? What of the freedom that you've known have you got to give to others? I remember going through one of the hardest times in my life a few years ago, and I, I had this uh, vision as I was crying out to God of climbing out of a pit. Anybody ever fell in that pit? Climbing out of a pit, I had heavy weights on my back and rocks, and my fingers were cut, my feet were cut, and I was trying to get a foothold, and I couldn't find the next handhold, hand hold, trying to get out of this pit, and I was crying out to God. And I said, why are you letting me go through this? Anybody prayed that prayer? And then as I was clinging to this cliff edge of the the rock face of this pit, I suddenly heard somebody else below me trying to find the route up. And God says, for that reason, I'm taking you through this so that you can show them the handholds and the footholds who come after you. (laughs) Are you willing to go through stuff so that you can bring freedom to other people? Are you are you willing to work through stuff so that you can heal other people? That's the question. <sighs> I think that was a good point, Rob. <laughs> it says encourage yourself in the Lord, so uh. <laughs> Okay, so freedom is what Jesus came to bring, and it's the right and privilege of every believer, but it's the mission of all his disciples to give away and tell the world about. That's what we're talking about. So what does this freedom look like and what kind of freedom is available to us and how can we get it? Well, it's about a free mind, a free heart, a free spirit, and a free body. And it's all free because Jesus has already paid for it. All this freedom is free. So firstly, the free mind. This is about helping people to identify lies they're believing or wrong thinking they have about who God is and who they are. And then it's about empowering them to believe the truth. You see, freedom is rooted in our identity, who we are. I'm not who I used to be. I'm not the person that used to do those things anymore. I've been translated from one kingdom into another. That's what it means to be saved. I'm no longer in the kingdom of darkness. I'm now in the kingdom of light, in the kingdom of the Son who loves me and gave himself for me. It's about helping people know that truth about who they are now in Christ and shaming the lies, not shaming the person, shaming the lies that they're believing. You don't believe that. You're better than that. You don't do those things. Anymore. Don't you know who you are now? The truth is that when people begin to understand their identity and how it works out for them in their day-to-day lives, they will be more likely to access the freedom available to them. Why? Because when we understand our new identity, we know that what God says about us is more important than the struggles, the sins, the weaknesses, and the pain that we experience. Because, well, this stuff doesn't define me anymore. What I do doesn't define me anymore. He does. What he says. Do you know what he thinks about you? Do you know what he says over you? It's not what you do, it's who you are secondly, because when we understand our identity, we are empowered to change. Because despite the lies that might say, you're dirty, or you're useless, or you're hopeless, you'll never change, we stand on the truth which says, I'm a child of God, and this stuff doesn't match up with who I am, so I'm not going to do that anymore, because that's not the person I am. We need to get our minds freed up about these things. Because the best way to deal with sin is not behavior modification. Focusing on the behavior you need to stop doing. I mean, have you ever found this? When you, if you you ever think, I mustn't think that thought, then you think, okay, I mustn't think that thought. Okay, I mustn't think that thought. What thought? That thought there, I mustn't think that thought. I must stop thinking that thought. That thought is out of bounds for me, I'm not going to think it anymore. And before you know it, you're thinking that thought, and you can't stop thinking that thought. Trying to stop doing something doesn't work, because that's law. I mustn't do that. Instead of renewing our minds, the best way out of sinful behavior is to focus on truth. So not trying not to think that thought, but saying, I'm not a slave to sin. That's not who I am anymore. This isn't who I am. I don't have to do that. I remember I was caught in a particular area of sin a few years ago, and and my pastor at the time said the most unhelpful thing. He says, you don't need to do that anymore. I said, well, I'm really struggling with, you don't need to do that anymore. That's not who you are anymore. And suddenly I realized that's true. I'm not defined by what I do, but by who I am in Christ. I'm now a new person, and I'm raised, and I'm seated with Christ. And so much of this battle for freedom is fought in the mind. Which is why Paul wrote in Romans 12:2, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And this is a huge key for freedom. It's repentance. It's changing the way that we think. Now, for years, um, I struggled with, I, 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 I mean, I never got it defi- diagnosed by anybody, professional. But I, I reckon I had a failure complex. It just seemed like everything I did failed. Everything I tried didn't work out. Every exam I took, I couldn't pass. Everything I did went wrong. And so I started to believe that that was true, that I was a failure, and that I couldn't get anything right. I remember walking to work one day, and I was going over and over because i just failed another exam. And if I'd failed that exam, I was going to lose my job. So it was a serious thing, and I was just beating myself up, saying, you useless, rubbish, failure, you messed it up again, now you're going to lose your job, and blah, blah, blah. And I was, remember, I was walking down the road, I was literally at a crossroads, an actual physical crossroads in the road. And as I stopped to cross the road, the Holy Spirit said, you've got a choice right now. Which one are you going to believe? Which direction are you going to go? Are you going to believe that all things work together for good for those that love me? Or are you going to believe everything I do is going to fail and it's not going to work out? You've got a truth encounter. I said, well, you mean I can actually believe that one, that all things are going to work together for my good, for our good? I can actually choose that, Nothing is impossible for those who believe. I can actually have a positive mindset about my future. And so I thought, well, I know which one I want to choose. And I literally made that choice in that moment where I chose to trust God for my life. Truth encounter. The battle in the mind. It's about a free mind. So do you need some freedom in your mind today? It's about a confrontation with truth. And choosing to believe, at that crossroads, saying, yeah, I'm not going to believe that anymore. I'm going to renounce that lie. And I'm going to choose today to believe the truth. What you say about me is more important than what I do. Amen? So that's the first one, free mind. Second one, free heart. This is about helping people to identify and express emotion in a healthy way. You know, sometimes freedom is as easy as changing the way that we think. We renounce the lie and believe the truth. But at other times, our wrong thinking is actually attached to emotions or pain from past experiences. And so we can't access the freedom that God has for us without first feeling and expressing that emotion.
1: And expressing emotion is the key to helping people to forgive others. I <coughs> know. Oh, yeah. Bad, isn't it? Matthew 18, 35. Jesus instructs us to forgive from the mind. No, he doesn't.
0: You've got to forgive from the heart. And this is really hard. It's harder than it sounds for many of us. Unforgiveness, it, it seems, can so easily just become this wall of hardness and resentment in our heart. And, and that needs pulling down. And sometimes it's one brick at a time. We can't even cope with the whole thing going at once. And, and the really weird thing about it is, is that it can be our own belief about what it means to be a good Christian that stops us from expressing our pain properly. Well, I'm I'm too nice, you know, to say that kind of thing or feel that kind of thing. I can't really express how hurt and angry I am. It's not right. It's not what Christians do, you know. Yeah, so they've hurt me, but they probably had a good reason for it. How many people have had that kind of discussion in their own minds? You kind of let them
1: off, but not in a good way. So people get locked up in a prison that's made of their own emotions. How can I say this? Because I've done it.
0: I've done that. I've bottled it all up. I'm a bloke, you know. You might think I'm quite emotional, but I'm really bad at expressing my emotions at times. And that's why sometimes it just seeps out and I can't stop it. And so I cry and embarrass myself. But it's because it all gets locked up and blocked up because we need to find healthy ways of expressing our emotions. I've tried to put on a good show. (laughs) I've even spoken words of forgiveness, but it's not the same thing as forgiveness from the heart. How do I know? Well, my reactions are not right. That's how I can tell. My reactions aren't right. I overreact, or I get grumpy. And, you know, grumpiness is just anger pushed down. That's what it is. If I'm getting grumpy, it's because I haven't resolved something emotional that I need to deal with. So I react, I can react in those moments in completely disproportionate ways. Anybody? Am I just the only one? Are you leaving me hanging out here on my own? (laughs) I picture it like this. You know, the, the offenses that come are like these hooks that get embedded in the soft, fleshy parts of our hearts. These hooks, can you imagine that hook? And attached to these hooks is like a fishing line attached to them. And so every time you see that person, there's a little tug. Yeah? Or every time you hear about them, especially if it's good news, a little tug, a little rip, a little tear. Or if you think about them. Or, have you had this? If you meet somebody that reminds you of that person, again, rip. And, and your heart just gets torn. Or you find yourself in a situation that was similar to the one that you got hurt in. It's not the same. It's not the same people. It's a different place and all that. But it's similar. And you find yourself getting disproportionately angry. And you overreact. That's because you haven't dealt with the heart issue. Forgiveness from the heart. And so what happens is that the string that's attached to that person, to that situation, to that experience is attached, and, and the hook just keeps pulling and ripping. You bleed a bit. It hurts again, and the tear goes even deeper. And then another hook goes in on top of the last one. If you don't deal with it, before you know it, your heart is like a pincushion, and Satan is sitting on your shoulder, pulling and pulling like some master puppeteer, and the pain and bitterness begins controlling your life.
1: Does anybody know what I'm talking about here? It gets infected. It gets stinky. Life just gets really miserable. Forgive from the heart. Express the emotion that's tied to what happened. So does your heart need to be healed? Does it need to be set free?
0: And what is needed is for each of these hooks to be taken out, for healing to be poured in. By the Holy Spirit, so many times Alice and I sat and worked through this. We said, Look, okay, here's the hook. Now take the hook out of your heart and give it to Jesus. And we're going to trust Him with that hook and to cut that line. And now we're going to pray for healing. Ask God to heal your heart. And the difference and the, the 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 challenge of taking the hook out and giving it to Jesus is massive. But when you've done that, the relief and the difference and the freedom and the peace that returns. Because you see, forgiveness isn't just about you. It isn't just about them, actually. It's not anything to do with them. Forgiveness is about you. It's about your heart. It's about your heart being healthy. And they don't have any strings
1: attached to you anymore. Snip.
0: Lord, snip some strings amongst us here and pull out some hooks, we ask in Jesus' name. Free heart. Free mind. Free heart. Free spirit. This is about helping people get free from spiritual strongholds and oppression. You know, as believers, it's not possible for us to be possessed by demons, despite what the horror films seem to show. Uh, we're Christ's own possession. So just to get that clear, it's not possible you belong to Jesus, but we can be bothered by them. You know, Has anybody ever had that experience? You wake up in the morning and the spirit of naffness is on you. <laughs> For no reason at all. It's just naff. I just feel naff. And naffness is everywhere you go. Spirit of naffness, leave me now. <laughs> or you're just suddenly assailed by negative thoughts. You think, where did that come from? Or unclean thoughts. Why am I thinking that? That's not who I am anymore. So the enemy will fire these little thoughts that don't come from us. Okay? They don't come from you. But they invade your airspace. <laughs> yeah? Or feelings of despair or dread. Anybody ever get that? Just one kind of sense of dread. Why? Oh, something bad's going to happen. That's not Jesus. That's not what he does. He's not like that. Tell it to go. Just leave me, Satan. No, in right. Jesus' name, leave my airspace. Don't pollute my airwaves. You have authority to do that in Jesus' name. And sometimes it is just a matter of rebuking the thought or the feeling, commanding it to leave and not pollute your airspace. But sometimes our lack of freedom is rooted in a kind of spiritual oppression which becomes a stronghold that gets built up in our minds. So what are strongholds? Well, strongholds are a pattern of behavior or thought that gets built up over time. So you might believe this lie and and then... it it kind of ties itself into this secret sin and then unforgiveness gets piled on and then appointments are allowed to fester in our lives and it becomes this like castle, this stronghold of resistance in our lives. and We don't even know how it got there. It just started with that first thought, that first act that we didn't deal with when it happened. And strongholds often come from a lifetime of habits formed outside of God and in rebellion to Him. So they can come, they can be built before you're a Christian or before you knew the truth, actually. If you're brought up in a different setting, in a legalistic setting or something like that, there's a stronghold of resistance there. And you find that, I don't enjoy the Holy Spirit. Why? It's that stronghold of legalism that makes me feel so
1: unworthy. And so on. These patterns of behavior
0: then have a strong hold on your life and need to be broken if we're to live in freedom. So, for example, patterns of negative thinking. Can I just say, Jesus is never negative. He is never negative. The Father is always positive. So if you're trapped in negative thinking, that is not God, and that is not discernment. It's not. He's not like that. It comes from somewhere else. Anyway, I just went on a rant there. But patterns of negative thinking, despair or fear, it doesn't take much. It can even be a family trait. We've always been this way. I found that when I went to the Blues ground. Everybody's so negative though. <laughs> or it, it, it could be, I don't know anything about football, so I didn't understand it, but... <laughs> Or it could be an un- unresolved sin area that you still feel guilty about or you're vulnerable to. It eats away at you and it controls you at will, it seems. That's a stronghold that needs to be broken. Or rejection. That can be a stronghold it's where I just feel rejected in every situation. And, and even your life experience seems to bear that out. Everything goes wrong for me and I get rejected. That's a stronghold. Of belief that I'm going to get rejected anyway. Even if you go for the interview, you're not going to get the job because, well, you know, I always get rejected. Trauma can lead to spiritual strongholds of fear. I know as a very young child, I had a massive electric shock. And I know in that moment, I know now looking back, I didn't know what happened then. I know that a spirit of trauma came upon me and I was paralyzed by fear for years afterwards, for years. Until the Holy Spirit came and set me free. Trauma. And if you've had a trauma in your life, you need to pr- get some prayer for that. Or you need to pray about it. Pray for your kids. Even if they fall over and hurt themselves, I've taken to say, I'm just going to pray about that. Just pray peace on you now. When they get really, really worked up, just pray peace on them. If you've got any traumas that just need breaking the power of that trauma. Or uncomfortable, uncontrollable, behaviors such as lust, anger, and control, and so on. And I think we all have these areas that we've battled with, these chinks in our armor, but they can become footholds for the enemy to oppress us or to occupy our airspace. And they're not generally built up overnight, but over time, a habit that has become a part of your life. People who study human behavior say that if you continue to repeat an act for six weeks, you will form a habit That could be a really positive thing as well, couldn't it? Yeah, but sometimes, more often than not, why is it that we seem more drawn to negative than positive sometimes? If you do something bad for six weeks, it becomes a habit. If you exercise an unhelpful habit long enough, it will become a stronghold. And then you need help to be set free. So strongholds are built progressively. It starts with a thought or a lie. And with your thoughts, you make decisions. Decisions become actions and soon become a lifestyle. Now if your foundational thoughts are morally wrong, or based on a lie, you can see that eventually your decisions, your actions, and your lifestyle, the lifestyle that you've constructed, uh, is out of line with God's will for your life. That's a stronghold. And at this point, you'll find yourself in varying degrees of bondage. Satan builds this stronghold into your life through that foothold. And that foothold then becomes a place of jurisdiction that you have given to him. Do you know that the enemy doesn't have any authority anymore? Jesus says, all authority has been given to me. So how much authority does the enemy have? The only authority that he has is what he can steal from you. When you enter into an agreement with him and say that what the enemy
1: says is true, you give him authority in your life. Just throw that in for free.
0: Once a stronghold or a thought and response is entrenched in your mind, your ability to act contrary to that pattern is very difficult. It's like driving down the same dirt road over and over and so that there are ruts established in the ground. And after a while, you won't even have to steer the truck. It steers itself. You find yourself, I just keep going into that place of behavior. don't want to
1: but I just find myself there. That's a stronghold. So how do you break free? Well, we fight
0: with powerful weapons. In 2 Corinthians 10, 4, Paul says that the weapons of our warfare are mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. And we need spiritual weapons because we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against wicked spirits and forces of darkness. As a child of God, seated with Christ in heavenly places and filled with the Holy Spirit, we all have incredible authority to break down strongholds and cast out Satan and demolish his place of occupation. So what are you you up to? Does your airspace need clearing? Perhaps there are some strongholds that need to be broken. You can be set free today. All you need to do is say, Lord, that behavior is wrong. It doesn't line up to who I am now. I want to turn away. I want to change my mind about that behavior. I repent of all of my sin. As soon as you've done that, the stronghold can be broken. (laughs) And the enemy can't stay because the only way he can say it's like flies around a rubbish tip. They're attracted to the rubbish. When there's no rubbish, there's no flies. It's that easy, people. The stronghold can be broken just like that. Repent. Turn away. Ask the Holy Spirit to clean you up. Satan, leave me. I break that stronghold and I walk into freedom. Holy Spirit,
1: fill me. And I walk in a new life. Some people need to get excited here. (laughs) Free heart, free mind, free heart. Finally, I'm just going to
0: touch on this. I'm just going to come back to it this evening. A free body. Anybody want a free body? Come on. (laughs) (coughs) The invasion of the body snatchers comes to mind. Um, This is about the full extent of freedom that Jesus has given us
1: that even manifests in our bodies.
0: You know, I'm going to say some more about this ceiling, ceiling, but we're not just bodies. <laughs> we're not just spirits. We're not just hearts. We're not just minds. We are whole people. All of these things are connected. And so it's been my experience that often when freedom comes to one part, it will often bring freedom to another part of us. So, you know, you think about the number of illnesses caused by stress. You know, it lowers the immune system. It makes us vulnerable to viruses. Uh, There's a man in our church who suddenly fell seriously ill, not in this church, but in the last church. We don't have this kind of thing in our church. (laughs) But he fell seriously ill, and nobody knew quite what was wrong. And he said, look, it says in the book of James, call for the elders of the church to come and pray for you, anoint them with oil, and when they lay hands on, we'll be and, and I, th- I thought that's an interesting verse because it also goes on to say and if you confess your sins to one another you'll pray to be healed I thought I wonder if there's a reason why the Holy Spirit is led into that verse so I went to see him and I said look a bit uncomfortable but is there any area of sin that you have not dealt with in your life and he said no no, no I'm a perfect Christian no. It's nothing to do with that So okay, it's just that you chose that verse and asked me to come and pray for you, and I just read the verse to him. So I said, let me ask you again. Is there any area of of sinful behavior that you are in bondage to that you haven't confessed to Jesus and haven't dealt with? Because it says here, if you confess your sins to one another and then pray for another, you'll be healed. And he starts welling up and crying and starts talking about this immoral behavior that's been going on secretly in his life for many years. And that he'd fallen back into this and uh, In rebellion to God. And I said, well, I think you need to confess that then to God and ask him to forgive you. And then I'll pray for your healing.
1: And he was healed. He was healed. And, you know, we could have prayed for, I don't know, months for physical healing, but it wasn't physical. Jesus wants us to be free. But he also wants us to set other people free. Yeah? You know you have no idea how much you affect the atmosphere
0: i went to I was going in to visit a lady in a psychiatric unit for about three months and after i'd been going in feeling like I was wasting my time because she couldn 't even communicate really, she was so ill. A psychiatrist asked to see me and And then as I walked down the corridor towards him, he walked towards me, got to me. turns out he was a Christian, an African man who understood spiritual warfare. He says, now I understand. I said, what? He says, I'd noticed that for three days after every visit, the ward was quiet. And he said, and as you walked down the corridor, I could see demons jumping out of the way and fleeing as you walked through the room. You don't know how powerful you are, you don't know the authority that you have because you're a child of God and because you're full of the Holy Spirit. You need to be free so that you can bring freedom to other people. Alice and I went into a shop the other day. A man starts screaming and runs out of the shop. And I said, well, sorry, I I just need some new shoes. Is that okay? (laughs) Okay. And it was my day off, and I don't do that kind of thing on a day off. So, but listen, you have no idea. <laughs> I'm just joking. It wasn't. It just wasn't the right. Thing. These things just happen sometimes, and you need to know if God is telling you to do something about it or not. No, there's nothing. I'm nothing to do right now. Uh, but sometimes the demonic will just flee, and you don't. You're not even aware of it. You don't know how powerful you are. I just feel like I need to labour that point somehow. Can you just stand a minute? I'm just going to pray for you. And then what we're going to do is an exercise. Just put your hands out a minute. I just want to emphasize that you don't know how powerful you are, thing. You don't know who you are in Christ enough. None of us do. It needs revelation. And Father, I want to ask you right now to release the spirit of revelation. Lord, I pray, just as uh, that word that Trevor brought so helpfully earlier, the angels are all looking at us. Why? What's so interesting about us? Because we are the sons of God. (laughs) Holy Spirit, I pray for a revelation of who we are to come afresh. We talked about salvation and the joy of our salvation. Now, Lord, the joy of our identity in Christ. Father, I want to ask you for a fresh anointing of the Holy Spirit set people free
1: and to bring freedom right now. In Jesus' name. Come, Holy Spirit. Thank, Thank you. Lord. Thank you, Lord. Come, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord.
0: I'm going to wait for a moment. I've got an exercise to do and everything, but I just want to see what the Holy Spirit's up to. It's pretty cool. We just receive your Holy Spirit. It's for truth, it's for freedom that you've been set free. But freely you have received so that you can freely give. Now, let that just dawn on you. Let that just dawn on you again.
1: I've got something that I can give to other people that's really valuable. Father, I pray for a baptism of the Spirit and fire
0: right now. You just release the fire of God. The fire of God is about power for action, okay? It's about his manifest presence in power. I just release the power of God in this room right now to to break bonds,
1: to set people free. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Wow. Just take a seat for a moment. I think we're going to come back to that a bit later.
0: So, if we're about um, equipping people so that they know how to do this, how to set people free, we need to practice. So, what I want to ask you to do is, I've given you the the simplest version of how to set people free I can ever imagine. Um, and then I just want you to work through it with a friend, somebody that you trust, somebody you feel comfortable with. And when one of you is working through it, the other can just sit quietly and put your hand on them, just, uh, just support them, just encourage them. And then the other person have a go. And do each section at a time and, and see what happens. I, I believe that God's going to bring us some freedom.